Hi everyone, this is Ronnie with Everything Virtual, and today I'm going to give my initial impressions of the Valve Index. So I've been waiting a long time for this. Uh, first, the Valve Index was just uh, a rumor uh, in the in the wind. Everyone was had seen leaked photos of a potential, you know, uh, VR headset from Valve, but there was no confirmation on whether it was actually real, if it was going to be released. But we had our suspicions. Then at GDC, everyone was really tight-lipped. Uh, we were expecting Valve to say something about a headset release, but nothing ever happened. And then, of course, uh, shortly after the after GDC, uh, during the uh, the the face, Facebook keynote where they announced the uh, the release date of the Quest and the Rift S, uh, Valve came out. They announced it, the headset. And they also gave us the date at which we would be able to pre-order. Fast forward, uh, like you know, a couple of months from from that that time. I think that was in April, and now we're here at the end of June, and I have the Valve Index in my hands. So I guess what what are my first impressions? I'm gonna divide up those thoughts into a few main categories. Uh, first, we're going to talk about the the quality of the product. Then we're going to talk about the controllers the headset or head-mounted display itself. Then we're going to talk about my overall just playing experience and my uh, impressions as it, as it comes to uh, where, where it stands right now. So first, going to product quality. Uh, this thing just oozes quality. And honestly, from the moment I opened, the moment I actually saw the box from the outside, uh, Valve actually went out of their way to design logos that were placed on the outside shipping box. I'm not gonna, you know, get into details in audio form on what those look like, but uh, needless to say, Valve put a lot of, of heart and care into this product, and it really shows from from the moment you get it in your hands as a box until you know opening the boxes for the first time and all of that. Um, again, there's there's plenty of unboxing videos out there, so you can take a look at what the boxes look like. I can say though that. Um, yeah, that was one of the first things I noticed when I opened it was just how nice the quality of packaging was, and then actually how how substantial the quality of the actual products are. Uh, this headset just feels solid from basically every aspect of, of the headset. Um, same thing with the controllers. Uh, just everything's made out of super high quality materials. They all feel great in your hands. They feel great to touch. They feel great on your head. Um, the 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 plushness of all of the uh, of, of of all of the cushioning on on the headset. They just all feel like like a lot of time was spent to make this thing uh, as as great as it can be. I mean. There's, there's the design elements that are all awesome, but then there's the actual just quality of the materials. And here, you can tell that both, uh, you know, they spared no expense on either. So that's, that's kind of huge. Um, moving on to the controllers themselves. Um, so that, so th this is where my impressions get a little bit different than what I was expecting. To be honest with you, I had initially thought that I might only get the controllers and not the actual HMD uh, because I thought that the revolution here was going to be with the control scheme 
and that the headset itself was just going to be kind of, you know, an added perk, a little bit of a quality upgrade, if you will, to the Vive. But it was these these finger tracked controllers that were really going to save the day, um, make you know, bring on basically uh, VR 2.0. Well, this isn't really VR 2.0, at least not quite yet. And the controllers, to me, have so far been a little bit of a letdown. Not in terms of the fact that they aren't they aren't good, because they they are good, and they're definitely better than uh, than the Vive ones, that's for sure. But the ergonomics are a little bit uh, less than ideal for me personally. I, I find myself sometimes getting a little bit of of hand fatigue wearing them after a while, and I, I've only had them for about about a day or so, so I don't really know yet if that's going to be something that uh, affects me more long term or not. But yeah, the initial comfort, um, it's, it's one of those things, so it's, hard, it's going to be hard to kind of explain until you actually get a chance to hold them in your hand, but um, holding them feels great. And really, if I can, if I can adjust my hand to where I, I, I mess with the buttons from an exact position I want, then they feel fine. They feel really good, actually. They feel awesome. So if you have it, if you have... Uh, a Valve Index controller in your hand and you're not actually playing a game with it, um, you'll be kind of fooled into thinking that it's more comfortable, I think, than it is. Because at least for me, once I get, once you get into the game, in order to get finger tracking to work as, as well as it can, you kind of have to place your hand in your fingers in certain positions on the controller in order to get them to track. And for me, when I do that, I just feel like my, my trigger fingers and the amount of spacing that I have to give my fingers is just a little bit uncomfortable. Like I, I feel kind of stretched out, like my hands are kind of a little bit too small for what they were going with. And that leads to some cramping. In addition to you know just hand placement, uh, trying to figure out exactly how tight I want the controllers. And that goes hand in hand with the placement, no pun intended, uh, <coughs> excuse me, because um, I, you know, if I, if I want to just hold it for myself, then that's a different position than if I want to hold it exactly where the fingers are going to track perfectly well. And anytime I reposition my hand around the controller, I have to loosen or tighten the strap on, on the controller. And that, you know, that can be kind of annoying, but more importantly, it just, it, it keeping it too tight also leads to, you know, kind of hand fatigue. So, uh, those are some issues with, I guess, the comfort level on the controllers. Uh, but overall, I, I still, I still think that I'm going to prefer these over the wands and probably over the the, the touch controllers. Um, I feel like the touch controllers, in some ways, are a little bit more just naturally uh, ergonomic in my hand than these. But these, the the big thing that they do that's so cool is the fact that uh, it attaches to your hand. So, uh, so yeah, if, if you would have asked me a month ago what I was most excited about about the controllers, I would say the finger tracking. But what it turns out, the thing that I am actually most excited about about these contro- controllers uh, has to do with the fact that it actually attaches to your hand, meaning you can, you can open your hand fully and leave it open in VR. So... You know, usually with a controller, your default position is a closed hand around the controller. But because this has a strap that actually attaches the controller to your hand, 
your default position is now kind of letting your, your hand open, leave, leave open and loose. And that, I think, in and of itself, whether there was actual finger tracking or not, that is the real, is the real benefit, I think. So, so, and that's a huge benefit, actually. If, if Valve had gone more with you know, capacitive kind of finger tracking that wasn't as analog, kind of like what the, the Oculus touch controllers do, where when my fingers just, like, like maybe all three of my, my bottom fingers uh, were just one touch on the controller. So whenever I was touching the controller with them, it would close those fingers. And then whenever I was touching the, the you know, the trigger buttons or whatever with the other with the other fingers and whenever I had my thumb touched against the buttons or the or the joystick on the top, those would that would control my finger. If if they had gone with that kind of a solution, I think there would have been a little bit more flexibility in terms of how I held the controller. And I ironically think I would have liked it overall a little bit better short term. Um, so so that's one thing. But long term, I mean if I ended up using the uh, the controller more uh, after I got into I got into I had initially some technical issues running Aperture Labs uh, properly, but then once it got up and running, and those were those were technical uh, issues due to my own computer it had nothing to do with the program. It was it was something that any game that I would have been running at that time would have encountered. Um, but it took me a while to get through it. So once I, I actually played Aperture Labs uh, completely the first time with my computer running well and everything, I mean, I, I did see benefits to how the finger tracking works here. It, it worked really great in that, in that demo. Just the only thing, I thought it worked better for me when I was just using it naturally than when I actually stared at my hands. There's a little bit of latency, so, you know, not exactly one-to-one -one mapping of your fingers, which is something you come to expect with with VR and, and, and lighthouse-based tracking in general. So that was a little bit disappointing with the finger tracking, but it does allow you to do things in the game that uh, you wouldn't otherwise be able to do. So I, I think the real testing ground is going to be whatever Valve has decided to use this, this technology for in their full-blown games. And so I'm excited to see where this technology is going to go in the future. But right now, I would say that it is, it's just kind of a cool perk and it's not something that's actually gonna sell these. If anything, it kind of muddies up my, my thoughts on the controllers a little bit because, because of the fact that it doesn't seem to fit my hand perfectly when it comes to the finger tracking itself. Uh, I've heard things like the finger tracking will try to learn my tendencies and potentially get better. We'll see if that is actually the case. Um, the other thing I, I know is that you can you know, adjust the strap on this, um, both in terms of tightness and in terms of positioning. So maybe it's just gonna take me longer to find my ideal spot. Um, again, we'll have to see, but those are my first impressions. Not the best, but, uh, but also not bad. And definitely, uh, I, I'm glad that I was able to get them. Because I, I think I think if I would have only gotten the controllers, I would have been a little bit let down. But because I got them in tandem with the headset, um, it's it's kind of a, a learning curve that I'll get used to while enjoying all of the benefits of the of the new head mounted display. And with that, I'm going to move on to my thoughts on the actual headset itself. 
And so you can go out there and read all the technical specs you want about this headset, about exactly the differences between LCD versus OLED and the pixel density in LCD versus OLED, the, the contrast ratio and the blackness levels and all of that. But um, here, for, for the purposes of an audio podcast, I'm just going to tell you what my, my impressions were when I first put it on. I mean, my impressions, and it's they've kind of gotten even better over time, is that this just looks hands down much better than uh, using the, the original Vive or the original Oculus Rift. And it definitely looks better than the Pro, in my opinion, though I've only used the Pro at conferences and I haven't actually spent hours and hours in that headset you know, here at home. So what are the things that I notice as a regular user of the Vive, the Rift, and the Quest? Well, when I put on the Valve Index headset, the first thing I notice is how clear everything is. The screen door effect is virtually gone, uh, and that's mostly, I guess, due to the LCD uh, panels, though uh, this does look quite a bit clearer uh, to me than you know any of the other LCD panels that I've tried. Um, the next thing that I notice is that there's no blurring whatsoever when I move the headset quickly, um, and that's something that I sometimes notice a little bit, um, some, some persistence in the images in some of the other headsets, very, very minor, but I kind of can kind of notice it a little bit, and here I don't notice any of that. Uh, the other thing that looks, the, the resolution looks great. Um, I notice, especially once I'm super sampling in this headset because of the clarity of the, the screens and the lenses, that that super sampling makes a huge impact. I can immediately see the, the, the sharpness and the aliasing in this headset compared to some of the other ones. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Your, your settings will help image quality here uh, if you're able to crank them up. Um, the other thing, I guess, in terms of, I will mention black levels a little bit and, and color saturation because, yeah, it's a little bit less vibrant than the LED panels in terms of deep blacks and, and really saturated colors. Um, but I think some of the, the color issues will kind of correct themselves as developers, uh, you know, color grade their games more to match the capabilities of this headset. If you've ever kind of messed with Mad VR or uh, gotten into color calibration on televisions, you'll know that um, depending on how the you know the source material is mastered and kind of what the settings are that you have set up um, for for all those things, that it's gonna you know have, make a big difference on what the image actually looks like. And here. You can imagine that most of the VR titles that we're playing were made with an OLED in mind, and I think as long as some of those calibrate, some of those images are recalibrated, or more importantly, as developers get used to uh, developing for LCDs technology, I think we're going to see a little bit less of the of, of of those issues kind of prop up. So, but you know, in the meantime, yeah, it's uh, some of those. It is a little bit less. Uh, you know, contrasty than what you're used to in VR, but I think the clarity and the and the 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 image, um, just the the image quality itself, more than makes up for any of those kind of deficiencies. I mean, hands down, you can see so much more detail in the Valve Index than what you're used to seeing. And now, I mean, I I saw someone say this before, but uh, the technical 
limitations of the graphics actually stand out more in this headset than they ever have. So if something was kind of shoddily put together or not as much attention to detail went into it, you'll notice that right away in this headset and vice versa. Games that are, tech, are technically and also artistically very well done kind of shine in this headset, whereas you can you know, see the rough edges on things that, on games that perhaps aren't as, as well developed. So um, that's something interesting that I didn't really foresee happening once these got sharper and sharper. Um, the, the headsets, rather, um, but it's it's something that does happen. So it's pretty cool, actually. And then the God Rays, um, yeah, they're still there, and in some cases they might be a little bit worse. Um, but really, they're so much less distracting. Uh, for me, the God Rays are kind of the internal reflections from from I guess high contrast portions of the image. So if you had a lot of black and then some brights in the middle. Um, those brights would cause reflections on from the screens to the lenses themselves, and you would notice that in the form of kind of you know, I guess like white kind of blurred reflectiony uh, looking thing around the images that were causing the reflections. Um, they really bothered me with the Vive and the Rift, and I think in those headsets, part of the problem is that the the screens are already so. Uh, so blurry and there's, you know, with screen door effect and all of that, there's so many image quality issues that you're trying to work around that the addition of the God Array just bothered me a lot more with those headsets. Here, I notice it right away, but it bothers me less, especially in game. And I think it's just because all of those other factors that are that are playing into the quality. I can I can see the, the image much clearer because of the benefits of that the rest of the panels provide. And so even though the God Rays are still there, they just do less damage to the image now. And then finally, I want to talk about refresh rate. And that's something that I noticed right away when I was playing Beat Saber and uh, Space Pirate Trainer and other titles. And I think to a lesser degree, I mean, it's going to play a role in many games, but I think it's just uh, overall it's going to help with fatigue and it's going to help with... Um, just your overall kind of feeling you get from being in, in this headset for a long period of time. Everything just looks super smooth. And, you know, I originally had it set at 144 hertz, which is amazing, especially in Beat Saber. Uh, everything that's moving towards you just looks like it's there. Um, it's just so much more smooth. And same thing with the movement. Uh, just walking around feels better. Um, I moved it down to 120 hertz because my computer was having kind of some issues um, in some of the other titles later. And I'm, I'm going to be experimenting with, with some of that uh, as I'm going to get to kind of with my final experience uh, thoughts. But um, even at 120 hertz, where, I have, where I'm able to kind of crank up the uh, visual quality a little bit in the super sampling, um, that just all feels great. And that's me running a, a 1080 Ti with kind of an older CPU platform, a, an i7-3770K. And as long as that my overclock is, is running on that, again, I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit, um, it seems to be running great on my system. So um, next I'm going to just talk quickly about, I guess, the audio. There isn't much to say on the audio other than it sounds great. Um, there's tons out there that it's already talking about these, the audio solution here. It's 
probably one of the standouts on the uh, of the Valve Index. Uh, Valve created these you know little speakers that kind of sit off of your ears. They don't actually touch you. They're a couple of inches away from your ear, and they project sound kind of out around them. And I was surprised by how little sound bleed there is with these headset these the, this audio solution, while at the same time creating such high quality sound. And I mean, in my environment, the ambient and low level sounds are a little bit harder for me to hear with these than like traditional headphones. There's a lot of uh, kind of you know audio noise in in my apartment. We're we're pretty high up. There's a lot of air and just there's all kinds of noises going on. So I think some of those smaller, smaller, smaller details um, sometimes don't make their way to my ears. Um, not bad, but like you know certainly comparable to other headphones. But I I did want to leave it out there that I was kind of hoping for a little bit more uh, ambient sound with in my my current situation, but. Um, but the actual quality itself is just super, super high. And then, and one of the things I think if these actually get surprisingly loud, and initially I thought they weren't very loud, and then the more I played, the more I realized that they were quite a bit louder than I was anticipating. And it was actually hurting my ears at points. And, and so my advice is to kind of stick it down to about 50% and then see where you go from there and you'll probably end up cranking it up a little bit more than that but keep it at 50 percent. i think if you have it too loud you're going to do a disservice to the quality and it's going to just kind of scream at you set it low and then kind of slowly adjust up until you get it to where you want it and i think you're going to be really really impressed um yeah and then uh the cable this is something i really wanted to mention uh the cable bothers me a lot less than I thought it would, moving from the Quest to back to tethered PC-based VR. I'm not one of the people that have gotten used to uh, you know, using any kind of wireless adapters or anything like that on the PC, but I, I did get really spoiled with the Quest. And I'll say that the cable here is excellent. Something about the material they used and the way they're, they're kind of suspending it off of the headset, I don't know. It seems to bother me a lot less than the cable that I had for the, the Vive and the Rift. It, it, it must be the way it coils, I don't know, but again, doesn't feel super heavy. Feels like it moves with me a lot better than those, than those cables did. And overall, I, I just think they did a really good job with the materials that they used for the, the cable. Also, the way that the cable detaches from the breakout cable, it, Genius! It, it feels solid when you're connecting it. It disconnects really easily. And I think that this is a lot more intuitive and a lot less janky of a solution than the initial breakout box that was included with the Vive. A lot of times that box would, would create uh, you know, connection issues between my headset and the PC. I'd have to sometimes restart the box or even restart my computer in order to get all that stuff to work properly. And with this breakout box, it doesn't seem like I have any of those issues. So I think uh, getting rid of the box and just going with this solution, I think makes a huge difference in terms of uh, how easy it is to get the headset working. I can unhook it and rehook it while uh, Steam VR is on, and it seems to handle it just fine. So all of those things are great news. And then uh, finally, <clears throat> and I, I don't know why I'm getting to this 
last because I think it's probably the most important aspect of this of this headset is the comfort. And the comfort of using this headset is for me much much higher than use than, than any other headset. Uh, I it the when you open it up kind of underneath the HMD you'll find this soft kind of foam insert that you're able to use for smaller heads. I use that personally. It just feels better on, on the back of my head. It, it just adds more cushion between where, where the headset grips your skull in the back and the actual headset. So using that, just overall, I'm, initially it felt like um, it, I had to get used to the fact that it didn't feel like it was putting as much pressure on the front of my face as I'm used to. It felt like I almost thought the, that the HMD wasn't, you know, fully closed. Like it, it felt kind of like it was just, you know, floating on my head and perhaps not as, as well tied down as what I'm used to. But what I realized was longer term is that that's just the better weight distribution and the fact that there's all this thick foam on the front of my face, not putting tension on it there. Uh, you know, just I'm so used to all that tension when it's finally gone. Uh, it just took a little bit of getting used to. So it definitely moves less than the Quest when I have it set to where I want it. And it's very, very intuitive in terms of how you can make adjustments. Again, you can go elsewhere to kind of hear more about exactly what the adjustments you're able to make are. Um, it has physical IPD, it has a knob on the back, it has you know the strap, um, and it also has what, what I think is probably one of the most important things that it can do is it has eye relief for the, the panels. And other headsets have had eye relief in the past, but somehow the way this one works to kind of alleviate, like to figure out exactly how close or far you want the panels from your eyes it really gives you a lot of room for adjust, adjustments and it lets you can and it really does a good job of holding it where it needs to be so the, the ipd adjustment not as firm i guess as this like the the ipd sometimes kind of moves on me a little bit whereas the the lens relief really stays firm so that's good um, but in general i just found it super easy to 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 put this headset on get it into the sweet spot the sweet spot on these screens are, are huge and so it was, it's much easier to get the screens positioned in front of my eyes to where they look like they're in focus, and then it stays there. And I'm really able to just tune everything in and then play. And once you get most of the, 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 the fitting stuff tuned for your face, the way it holds onto it and you're able to take it off without, a, without doing too many adjusting, I mean, it, it really does work really well. So... Um, it, for anyone, you know, the Quest for me, it doesn't feel too bad when I'm playing it. But as soon as I take it off of my face, you can tell that I was playing VR. I have deep kind of red marks under my eyes and over my forehead. With this, you get none of that. My, my wife couldn't even tell that I was playing VR right when I took off the headset. And that shows that, you know, the weight distribution here is just being expertly handled. So that's, that's the headset. Overall, super, super impressed. It's not you know VR 2.0 or anything like that, but it is hands down better than any other uh, VR headset out there. And I think that that's probably right now 
the biggest quality difference. I mean, for 500 bucks, if you just upgraded the, the HMD, I think you would be pretty happy moving from the original Vive or Rift over to that and, and even possibly skipping on the, on the controllers for now. Though the controllers, I mean, if you are using the Vive Wands, they're a huge upgrades. So can't say not to do that, but yeah, I'm kind of, I kind of think that the headset itself is a bigger upgrade to my experience right now than, than even the controllers, which is something that I wouldn't have thought, you know, previously. So yeah, that, those are my, my general impressions of the hardware and just kind of some final thoughts. I did have some, pro- some problems initially. So no, initially the headset was running great at 144 hertz on my computer. And then somehow I had to restart my computer a couple of times for reasons unrelated to VR. It booted up without my, without my overclocking uh, settings uh, actually in effect on my CPU and RAM. And as a result, everything just bogged down. And I was having a really hard time getting the frames that I needed. So, I mean, I guess there might be some people out there that have 3770Ks or older CPUs that aren't overclocked. And I have a feeling that if you have older CPUs and you're not overclocking, that you're going to probably run into some problems because it really wasn't running well at all uh, without my overclocks. So whatever, I think it's like usually boosting, you know, like between 3.5 gigahertz and I don't know. I, I, I want to it looked like it was max, max hitting like 3.6 gigahertz uh, without my overclock and it was not holding up the frames. Uh, but when I have my usual overclock on there to around, you know, 4.7, 4.8 gigahertz, you know, most of those problems go away. It, it seems to hold its frame rate a lot. But I, I do think if I had a better CPU that I would have a better experience with the Valve Index. So that is something that uh, people out there should kind of be cognizant of, is if you have a high-end PC, it's going to be super smooth and easy to run with the, with the Valve Index. I don't think you'll even have to really think too much about it. I think you're just going to you know, put the put one of the higher refresh rates, either 120 hertz or 144 hertz, uh, activate that in, in the Steam VR settings, and then use most likely their, their recommended uh, super sampling uh, value, which for me, I think at 120 hertz is 112%. Uh, at 144 hertz, it was recommending 94%. So... Um, those recommendations seem to work pretty well for me. Um, again, though, I, I have a feeling if you have an older system, you might have to kind of decide what your priorities are. And I think you're going to be more, like for me, I think I'm just more CPU bound. And for that reason, wherever I kind of fit the, the super sampling slider, I run into issues with my, my CPU at the 144 hertz mark. But at the, at the 120 hertz mark, it seems like it's doing an okay job. And so I'm going to keep it there for now. But I am going to be monitoring the situation to kind of make sure that I'm getting the best experience that I can get. So that's, that is something that, that you'll have to mess with a little bit more on this just because it is higher end tech, if you have an old computer, that is. Um, but, but yeah, this is part of the reason we love PCs. And I guess if... If you have a new, a brand new computer, you won't have to deal with these problems. So 
that's that. And then finally, I wanted to talk about revive and just legacy compatibility. Initially, I kind of I was having issues with uh, some backwards compatibility. I, I tried to go and play Creed, and no one had created a custom a custom uh, controller binding for that game yet. And so the game kept saying that it was having it was having trouble finding the index compat you know compatible controls, and it would give me options to to choose. I could either choose default Oculus touch controllers or or the the Vive uh, the Vive key bindings, but then. I would select those, and it didn't seem like it was actually going into effect. And I didn't have time to create my own bindings, so I, it just wasn't working. I wasn't able to play the game. I fast forward about an hour later, and it looked like somebody else had made uh, like just a quick Creed test uh, control binding, and I used that, and I was able to play. So it, it still wasn't perfect. So that is something that I'm gonna say. I I mean I I'm gonna give. A lot of credit to the community out there. I think people will be pro- probably pretty fast to add in their own bindings for games for the index controllers where they don't work right off the bat. But it, that is something to watch for. That it, at least for me, when I first tried playing a game that didn't have uh, proper proper index controller support, that I did run into some issues. Without you know. Who wants to always go in and create their own their own bindings and all that stuff? There's definitely people out there that are good at it, but for me, I just kind of want to jump into a game. So it's possible that that might happen to you in some titles here at the beginning, but I think long-term, most of that stuff will be filled out and you won't really have to mess with it too much. And then uh, Revive. Revive works extremely, extremely well with the Valve Index. I think it works way better than it did with the with the Vive, so that's positive. I mean, these controllers are just a lot closer in nature to the Oculus Touch controllers than, than those were, and the screen clarity really shines through in some of the, the triple, AAA titles that Oculus tends to release. So playing Robo Recall, and I can't wait to get into you know some longer titles like Lone Echo and those kind of things on this, I think are gonna be super great. And just the only thing I noticed that wasn't like perfect it's just the fact that now, since you don't have a trigger button, but you have the kind of the just the capacitive or whatever touch sensing of grabbing the controllers, uh, sometimes for me it wouldn't necessarily uh, pick up when I was letting go of things. So I would I would try to throw my gun, and usually it would work. But I would I found myself having to make kind of exaggerated motions in order to throw and pick up things sometimes in that game whereas with the touch controllers just pressing the trigger button just works because it's just on or off so that that was something i noticed that uh might need a little bit of tweaking but we'll have to see uh, that's just with the revive so overall really impressed with how that works and yeah i guess that's those are my final impressions and since i was moving from game to game and i was still fiddling with a lot of settings uh, I didn't really get a chance to play some of the longer term, like some of my longer titles. I'm I'm really excited to play, uh, get get some time in with Jet Island and with uh, uh, handguns, horseshoes, and hand grenades, and a few other games out there that I'm going to be able to spend a lot more time with in in the system. I'm also looking forward to playing a lot of my single longer form single player games. So those are all those are all things that. 
I, I can't wait to try on the headset and I'm sure I'll talk about it on, on future Game Talk episodes with with Zane and Damon, get them on here. Zane is hopefully going to come over tomorrow to try to check out the, the Valve Index for the first time, so maybe we can record an episode then. But yeah, that those are my overall impressions. I'm not let down at all by the hardware. I'm super excited about, about the Index and the controllers and what they're going to do for the VR medium. Um, a little bit, you know... A little bit wait and see about the controllers themselves, but super, super excited about uh, all my my comfort and quality uh, benefits that I'm getting from the headset itself, and just the increased clarity and the increased smoothness of the of the, the screens, the great sound. And I I think Valve, you know, was very accurate when they said that it's not just one thing about these headsets that are going to make it stand apart from the rest. It's really the the overall experience of using them and using them for a long time that, that makes you realize that, that this is a huge kind of upgrade from what you're used to. So, yeah, I hope that, I hope that kind of gives you at least my initial impressions. And obviously, the more and more time you spend it, I recorded this initially after I was having those CPU issues with my overclocking. And... I decided I had to re-record it because I had talked quite a bit, I think, in my in my first recording about just the, the frame rate issues that I was having and that sort of thing. And it turns out that it was just my own settings that was affecting my, my experience and not and not the index itself. So I decided to re-record. But um, yeah, that's it's kind of one of those one of those things I guess. Um, but yeah, overall I'm just super, super excited, and that, yeah, what that, there, there it is, I lost my train of thought there for a second. Um, what that experience tells me is that some of these things, like in terms of your impressions, I mean, you can give initial impressions, great, um, but there's something to be said for being able to use this thing for a long period of time. I think in the next few days, weeks, months, I'll have a better idea of where I stand on this technology than where I do now. And really, I mean, the biggest question mark is going to be what software titles come out to specifically support the index. We know Valve is working on several internal, full-fledged VR, VR experiences and titles that are going to be you know, based off of this headset. And so I'm really curious to see what those end up being like. And, what, and, and I really am excited to see what Valve is able to pull out of the, the controllers and the headset. So that's, yeah, well, I guess we'll wait and see. So anyways, uh, if you're new to the channel, um, you know, please subscribe to our podcast. Uh, please add us on Twitter at Everything Vive, actually. Uh, that was, you know, our previous name. We can also be found on YouTube, though the YouTube channel isn't as up-to-date as I would like it to be, uh, but still, uh, add us there. Uh, there's definitely some video content from time to time, and we plan on kind of bringing that channel more up-to-date and make it more active in, in the near future. Um, and then, yeah, uh, feel free to sh shoot us emails as well. You'll be able to find it uh you know, find our email addresses at pretty much all those locations and you'll be able to chat with us there. So, um, yeah, love feedback, love any kind of, uh, ratings or anything like that. Any kind of, uh, reviews that you can give in any of the podcast platforms, help us spread the word. 
And really, we're just excited about VR and excited about where this stuff is heading. And the Valve Index, I think, is just a big step in kind of overall polishing uh, what we currently have. Is it VR 2.0? Perhaps it's not, but it's really, really a great standard bearer for what the PC VR can be. And I think it's a great example of why PCR VR or PC VR needs to continue to exist. So with that said, thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon.